This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott. Or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch. Find inspiration for your new vibe. Every day at Saks.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. <laughs> I literally have cameras pointed at me um, on this episode of Vulnerable because I am doing a solo episode, uh, and it's kind of exciting. I have had requests that have asked me to do some more, you know, just like content where I'm, I'm talking about general things, I guess, either in my life or things that I... I feel inspired to talk about. And I'm so blessed and privileged to have a platform that people would tune in and see that. I, it's very wild to me for somebody who generally doesn't operate in the Hollywood world, you know, like I'm not a host of a TV show. I feel like this content is extremely independent. It's self-funded at the moment. <laughs> and it's it's so cheesy to say this, but it is like viewers and listeners like you guys that keep it going. Because I'm telling you, I would not be flying out to LA and trying to engage with everybody and do the booking and um, and have all this happen if there wasn't a market for it. Speaking of a market and speaking of a brand, today's episode is going to be uh, what I've been trying to do for a while on Vulnerable uh, that's called like Millennial Moment something that I've had a lived experience and I think that others truly can understand. Uh, but perhaps me having a, a branding angle and understanding the rebranding uh, as brands that have lived through Y2K and have now changed completely. I asked folks on a poll about Barbie and I said, what other, okay, what other brands have vastly changed for the better, I would say, for sure, for the better. But have we forgotten the fact that those brands meant something very problematic and very different for a lot of people for decades, really? First, I guess I'll focus on Barbie because that's what is on the lips of everyone uh, wearing a pink piece of apparel <laughs> and, and they're at the movie theater. I, you know, because of strike rules, I'm not like promoting anything in particular, but I am very intrigued with Barbie the brand. I remember sitting down with Teal Sperling, who is an executive there, and she was fantastic. I suggest you to go and check out our episode where we talk about her and in her life. Um, transparently, Teal is a little person. And so we talked about what it was like 
for her to be working in that environment. And so I've kind of had like a crush on the Barbie brand for a while as a mom of two girls. And I'll tell you why before anyone tries to come for me. You know, Barbie's really tried. And now this movie has sent it over the edge with saying very clearly, this is who we are as a brand, this is what we represent, and this is where we're headed, right? I think that the far right is is in clear opposition with this movie. I see why they are upset. You know, I think that their understanding of the Barbie movie, and I, and I actually am talking about ladies that I know who are more conservative that went to go see the movie, right? And came back telling me, oh, you know, you should think before, you know, you go see this and that. And reason being, you know, visibility, representation, inclusivity, themes of feminism, which felt like it perverted what Barbie was when they were young girls, right? And so when they were young girls, Barbie was blonde, um, extremely thin. She didn't start out having a ton of jobs. Don't quote me on that. But I do think that it was more like Barbie had interests, right? And Barbie would go to the beach and Barbie would have her house and Barbie would be doing, you know, eventually I do think that that caught up where they were like, we can't just keep putting her in different outfits. Like there is a holiday Barbie once a year. I know I own many of them. You know, we need to, we need to probably diversify the brand. They knew that. And I almost feel like they accidentally stumbled on Barbie becoming feminist back in the day because they were like, we really do need to have her be doing different things in the world. I do think that for a long time, I struggled with wanting to look like Barbie. I was always sort of grouped in with, you know, well, you're the brunette choice in who we book for this movie. Uh, we have a blonde choice. And, you know, I'm, I, I hate to say this, but like more often than not, they went with what was considered the all-American girl. That's actually kind of very un-American when you look at it through the lens of a 2023 <laughs> person, but how far we've come, right? And how far the Barbie brand has come. This episode is brought to you by Sax.com. At Sax.com, it's easy to find your new vibe. Dive into the Western trend with gold cowboy boots from Stott or go full 90s throwback with platforms from Prada. You can shop for everything on your agenda. Whether it's a breezy Zimmerman dress for a garden party or a bright Chloe blazer for brunch, find inspiration for your new vibe every day at Saks.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Scooting back to my episode with this executive from Mattel who felt very safe coming on the pod because we're friends and she's a wonderful lady. In no way would I be, you know, considered trashing this brand. I just think it's fascinating to stand back and see how much change can happen. If you asked me like four or five years ago about representation, I would have been virtually clueless on what that actually meant. You know, cut to me bawling my eyes out watching the current mermaid movie, which will remain nameless for strike reasons. And I'm watching it and I'm feeling 
the effects of representation. When my daughters are like so joyful and not seeing race in that moment and just enjoying the magic of this story. And it affects me probably deeper than them because so many of us millennial females have experienced the isolating feeling of not being Barbie. Barbie, I guess 1.0, we should say. So the Barbie film, I guess, gosh, I feel so random in that I'm trying to provide context for folks with <laughs> being respectful of everything, is, is like I said, I think that the far right is, is very threatened by it. There's nothing that we can do. This is where Barbie is at. You can either, you know, enjoy the content or not. And that truly is the power of the click, the power of your vote, the power of your dollar is, is still what rules America. So having an opinion is just that, you know, everyone has an opinion. And if you're going to be hurtful and unkind and then, and then really kind of project that onto your children, I, I don't get down with that. I don't think that we, we, we should be trying to break generational um, traumas, you know, and not be putting that onto our kids. So that's where I stand with that. Um, moving on from Barbie, we can talk about other problematic brands like Victoria's Secret, right? So there is a performer who was on Vulnerable named Jax. Jax has literally gone viral for her song, you know, Victoria's Secret. And I think that public pressures really started to ramp up for Victoria's Secret and their like fashion show. I thought it was so fascinating because we all lived through the, especially millennial women, the Victoria, uh, the Victoria's Secret angels, like fashion shows and the angels and like the wings and the push-up bras. In fact, at, what was I? I guess I was 18 and I had already had breast augmentation because I was feeling the pressures of all that. And I did a pilot for, for Fox and they m insisted that I wear a push-up bra because we were schoolgirls and we needed to look appealing. And so that was like the first time that I had ever felt the effects of that. And of course it was a Victoria's Secret bra, right? It was so, it's so systemic. It's so like ingrained into what it meant to be a millennial growing up, like the Victoria's Secret of it all. And, and not looking like that. And, you know, trying to find a way to like do your hair exactly like them and to do your makeup just like that with the perfect rosy blush color. And so many people didn't look like that, you know? And then I think that's why I enjoy the Rihanna uh, Fenty you know, like runway shows because it was art, you know, like fashion is art. And even though, you know, I think that Victoria's Secret made, you know, some, some artistic moments in their bras with the rhinestones and the, the different themes that they were doing that sort of also like matched the, you know, fairy angel wings and all the different wings. They were essentially Barbies. You know what I'm saying? Like there was definitely a narrative here where they were walking, modeling Barbies. Because, you know, we all know that Barbie wasn't like her, 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 what is it? Like her, if she was a real person, she wouldn't even be able to stand up. Uh, and so I did actually appreciate that when they did the limited edition doll of Margot Robbie, that that body was Margot's body. It's not 
Barbie's body. And so I think knowing just how serious Disney is with their IP and how certain things cannot be done differently, Mickey needs to be seen in a very specific way. And they're protective of that. And that makes sense, right? That's like, that's the entirety of their brand is Mickey Mouse. And so it's like the fact that they would do away with Barbie, even if it's limited edition, and serve Margot, that, that very much shows me their commitment to this moving forward. Because I don't think that that Barbie's gonna sell that well. In fact, when I went to, to Target and saw it, there was like a ton of them still there. Like people weren't buying it. So Victoria's Secret, I do feel like they were the walking Barbies. And, and so that's kind of like what made us growing up as little girls see Barbie in a plastic mold, then come to life with these ladies. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I don't know really what to say about Victoria's Secret. I mean, I think that they're on their way out, if you were to ask me, just because there's so many amazing brands out there, like NYX underwear is fantastic, and they're not sponsoring me. <laughs> I'm just throwing it out there. But like the fact that we have, you know, as women, uh, underwear that can actually like serve us every month, like that's fantastic. That's like, that's like very inclusive of everybody. And, uh, it, it, it's not shaming you, right? And so I think that's why there's so many competitors to Victoria's Secret now. And I do think that they're gonna keep trying to be inclusive as a brand, but I just think that the nature of Victoria's Secret will never fully divorce itself from the angels. I don't think they possibly could. I think they'd have to go bankrupt before that. So moving on to a third problematic and one that I was definitely the victim of from Y2K in our Millennial Moment episode that I sure hope you're enjoying <laughs> is Abercrombie and Fitch, which now is just Abercrombie with a lowercase a, <laughs> uh, not the, the emblazoned academic font of AF that had literally shirtless men stand outside of the store like holding bottles of cologne and they would be like, hey, like to little girls, right? Like it would be like, you know, I remember so clearly getting roped into the Abercrombie cult. Uh, and I could, I could detail you a lot of reasons why I thought it made perfect sense for me to just wear every single piece of clothing from Abercrombie. It hit me really hard, okay? Like I was, I think I was made fun of by, by, by other folks that were, that were adults at the time. And they were like, what is, what, this is wild. And like, I don't think I ever truly could see myself as being a little ridiculous with this fad. When I tell you the, the chokehold that Abercrombie had on New England millennial children, <laughs> I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I'm sure people in the comment section or in general who are hearing this are like, oh, oh yes, absolutely. The visors, the cargo pants, the, um, you know, the, the midriff bearing uh, spaghetti strap, cotton whatevers that you would wear. And it was like the summer uniform. And then it was also like, I remember getting catalogs in the mail which I still kind of miss, I'm not gonna lie. I, I really enjoyed getting catalogs in the mail. I'm so dated, I feel like a dinosaur. But you'd get the fall Abercrombie catalog and that's how you knew that like you'd have a whole new year ahead of you to like try to be cool and like try to make memories with your friends that looked like the kids in the pictures. And then meanwhile, 
years later, a documentary comes out that exposes the predatory nature that those models had to experience from the photographer, like the main fashion photographer was absolutely canceled and me too, because these, these young folks, some were just of age. Some of them I think were even underage at times. They were sort of encouraged to live this very like wild, sexy lifestyle on the photo shoots themselves. So I remember reading that like they took them to like a little island off the coast of, you know, New England or something. And then they were like, oh, yeah, we're just going to do like bonfires and it's not going to get weird at all. And I'm going to just give you, you know, alcohol. And and so it's really quite interesting to me that we all kind of are pulling back the curtain, not just on like child actors and celebrity of people that you grew up with, right? But also all of the brands that sort of created toxic work environments for 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 a lot of people. And a lot of them were at risk folks like younger people and models and, um, and all that. So yeah, Abercrombie, it, it, I think it really did suffer quite an image hit when that happened. And, and that was probably because American Apparel like f like was completely canceled, right? Like American Apparel was canceled, I want to say like four or five years, like maybe even more before Abercrombie's like, you know, expose documentary came out. And American Apparel was like, you know, we're so edgy. We're so like, I, I think like raw. <laughs> it was like disco clubby, but like dirty at the same time. And they were like, we, we make our clothes in... Los Angeles and you know we employ lots of people that need employment and all that stuff so it was like people felt like it was a very grassroots sexy brand but once again like shortly after the curtain was definitely pulled back and we saw just how at risk like that those those like those girls that were modeling the clothes were. And so they were they were very canceled. I want to say like even more so like they couldn't even come back from that, right? Well, Abercrombie has come back. I've purchased things from Abercrombie knowing like, okay, at this point with the way that they're doing things, it's very fast fashion. They're trying to com compete with a totally different aesthetic. For the longest time, they had their like cargo pants and that, that type of like academic thick wool sweaters. And that was that. Like they, they weren't really trying to do anything but be Abercrombie. And... And it's like now I do I do see them trying to change for the better. And there's a there's a part of me in my millennial millennial heart that like can't help but hope that Abercrombie like really can survive, right? Like I don't I don't I don't know what it is. Like maybe there's a part of me that doesn't want that remaining property from when I was growing up to like be dethroned and to die because that, like that makes me feel old. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I, I do think that they are doing what they can seemingly, at least optically, to be more inclusive, more so than I think Victoria's Secret. <laughs> and like, I can't, honestly, guys, I, I just, I don't know how to tell you when I say that every single piece, I'm not lying. Every single piece of my clothing at one point had to be Abercrombie. There's the idea that, okay, well, I'm also thrifting. And so I love that there's like the whole norm core fashion that's sustainable. And the focus from Gen Z is very much like being more mindful of their dollar and, and what companies they're backing and what companies they're supporting. And I think because they're being so mindful of that and the, the landfill stuff like that, I get it. 
but they're also still, they're stressed out about this for sure. I think like with having two daughters, it, it's like, I don't want them to feel like they need to wear a certain type of clothing to fit in. And I, and I do hope that we can, we can find a way for them not to feel those pressures. I, I think that Gen Z still wants to flex. I still think that as much as they're like, sustainability matters, they're still like the first to wait in line for like a new new shoe or new Nike or something. And they love like a, like an exclusive collection. And so I don't, I really don't know if there's like a, there's a fix. I think we live in like a capitalistic society that has marketing and branding just like geniuses. And so they're thinking probably a couple steps ahead of you. And you, you kind of are very much just like a cog in that machine. And, and so We'll see what happens in the future, but I, I, I very much want to give love to any brand that is is not tone deaf. You know, I think Barbie is doing its best. The fact that they actually put money into Greta Gerwig, you know, I don't know if everyone knows this, but I went to Barnard, which is a woman's college, and Greta was in my class. And I, I just really, I'm sad that I didn't get to know her. Not because like, oh, wow, she's like this like successful person, but more or less because she really represents the counterculture to millennial femme, like beauty standards. She, I mean, I think after seeing um, Lady Bird, it was quite clear that she was looking to forge her own path. And so she landed at Barnard at the end of that. And here we have sort of like a love letter to the feminist principles that she learned there at Barnard. And I, I like took me 12 years to finish school. I kept leaving um, to come back to LA and well, I guess be miserable for a little while. And then finally went back at like 26 and then met my husband. And then I went back to LA with him while he finished his master's degree. And at 30, I think I like, I think it was like 30. I finally, no, it wasn't 30. I think it was like 29 or 28 that I finally finished my degree. I promised my dad that I would. You know, I, I was really proud of the, the notion of that female empowerment that Barnard kind of, it preached, but it also very much lived that. And I understand that you probably think I'm speaking on tangents right now, but hear me out. Barbie Land was what like, it's like kind of like how Barnard felt, was like a very safe environment with a bunch of women. It's like, hi, I see you, you see me. And then by the time that I was leaving Barnard, we had our first trans person that was uh, like in one of my classes. And, you know, they were very specific about, you know, I'm planning on transitioning and I feel like this environment, you know, because it's a trans male. And he was like, I don't feel like this environment is for me anymore. And so it was fascinating to see how far this, this sort of like Barbie world of Barnard that Greta has kind of made into a film in some ways was 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 growing and 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 had to create room for inclusivity in order for there to be like a student body. And so it is it is like there's a lot to unpack with with brands. It's not just okay, well it's pink, I'm going to buy it. It's not that anymore. And there's a lot of millennial women out there that will will hate the idea that times change. But this is what it is, you know, our kids are going to grow up in this world. And I think as parents, we we have to be mindful of that and and grow with them. 
because I don't really want to be some like dinosaur. <laughs> I don't want to like just be thinking of things in a world that doesn't exist anymore. We have to like live in the world that we currently have. So anyway, I, I thank you for just hearing me out. This is a millennial moment. I've never done anything like this before. Uh, currently, I'm prepping to launch my other podcast with Annalisa Vanderpool, Big Name Bitches. Big Name Bitches is going to premiere August 24th. And, you know, Podco as a whole has paused uh, our rewatch programming in solidarity with the strike and also just like in observing what we were told we had to do. It wasn't even just like, oh my gosh, Union Strong. It's partly that, but it's also partly because even though we're independent here, we're trying to do everything right. And so we're trying to be respectful and and mindful, right? Like that, like Podco as a brand is trying to grow at like the hardest time possible. But Big Name Bitches is going to be a blast. It's going to be a lot of millennial moments, a lot of chatting about, you know, what it means to be female and to have grown up in like the Disney girl power culture. Annalisa is a wonderful co-host. I'm so happy that she's entrusted me to be there with her. You know, we met on an episode that all of you guys really enjoyed. And we knew that when Annalisa came on that it was going to be a good episode. But the feedback was, you guys need your own pod. And we heard you. And so when we created the pod, we wanted to create such an inclusive and safe and fun environment that I hope everyone really enjoys it. I'm very excited about it. It's on my heart and mind right now. And, you know, I think that we're leaning into some of the branding that I grew up with, but I promise you I will not be wearing Abercrombie. <laughs> I promise you I will be wearing some fun, colorful outfits with her. We will be making mocktails because she and I are both sober from alcohol um, and it's just not something that we need in order to have a good time. But let me tell you what, there will be times when you'll be like, are they drunk? <laughs> but we're, we are drunk on um, female companionship. Um, I guess that sounded strange, but we, we love each other and I love the podcast. I hope you guys will tune into that August 24th. And I hope you'll continue to support Podco because it is my business. And I, I know that my fans out there are just the coolest ever. So thank you again for tuning into this millennial moment. If it's something that you want, I promise I will deliver mo more millennial moments for you. I think all of us have millennial moments and we don't realize it until they hit us and they're like, oh yeah, I remember how different it was back then. So I'd be happy to share my millennial moments at any point in time in long-winded, tangential solo episodes. So thank you for listening to this episode of Vulnerable. Have a great day. <laughs>